Hello, hello. Happy Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Here we are again. All right. We're talking about, we're in a series called Kingdom Currency. And this week we're talking about the intangibles. We've talked about inheritance, the tangibles, the things that you can feel, touch, that you want to see. Um, and, and this week we're talking about the intangibles, which obviously has everything to do with faith. I feel like as, as the, the intro is going, I feel like um, Hebrews could have been titled The Intangibles, right? <laughs> like it would have been a really great title for the book because it is filled with the intangibles. And, and the first thing that popped into my mind was the cloud of witness. You know, mm -hmm. he lays out these, these heroes of the faith in chapter 11. And then in 12, he jumps into talking about this great cloud of witness. And I love how it's laid out. This is the Passion Translation. It says, as for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds, so we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has already been marked out before us. <laughs> I love that. It's like the, the truth of the matter is, is that you're surrounded by all those greats that, that were laid out in Hebrews 11 and, and how much more now for us. Right. And, and he's like, if you let go of all of the pain, all of the wounding and just focus, fix your gaze on Jesus, then you'll be able to run the race that's been set before you. It's already laid out. Mm -hmm. And, and then of course we know it goes into, we look away from the natural realm and fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us. And he leads us forward into faith's perfection. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but this kind of stuff gets me stirred up to be like, if only I had eyes to see, you know, everything that was surrounding me. Mm -hmm. Could I even stand under that kind of that that kind of knowledge, being able to take it all in? Because who knows, you know, my the room right now could be filled with angels that are monstrous in appearance and <laughs> <laughs> I would be freaked out. <laughs> oh, that's fun. If we changed the name of Hebrews, though, we would lose all these Christian coffee shop punny names. Hebrews. So, yeah. <laughs> right, I mean, there's that. And that, for that sake alone, <laughs> we will not change the name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that that portion of scripture. It it really does bring to life the imagination of of what is going on in the room right now, uh, and and gosh, do I want eyes to see? But then I start to sense it, and I'm like, mm. yeah. you freak back, and it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> um, one of these days, we'll we'll get our courage up a little bit. Uh, but this topic, the intangibles, it's it is so faith-filled, and, and we talked about this with the tangibles, how uh, it, it is kind of a um, starting with faith, and you see and touch and, and experience the the different things, and then it builds more faith, and it kind of uh, begins to build some momentum on there. Um, with, with the intangibles, it's just all faith because there's nothing to necessarily lay hold of. And the one scripture that was brought to me was uh, 
it, Matthew 6, 19, don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves or in other translations that can rust and decay and whatever. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay, and lose value. What is that? What are these heavenly treasures that I'm storing up when uh, I, I'm doing different things? Uh, and, and I don't even know what what necessarily those things are that that I've done to store up heavenly treasures. Yeah. And so I, I get excited about this topic because it is it is so open to the imagination. It's so open for Holy spirit to be able to come in and start to fill in what it is that he is, that he has for you, what it is that you are storing up and and you get to break open even more of, of the union that you, that you share with him and, and get to have uh, experience beyond what uh, you, you may normally have because it is something that is so, so broad we don't have language to even really say we can lay hold of something right i I love that you're you're actually looking at that scripture in a different way i think so often when treasure is talked about we tend to think of monetary value Mm -hmm. and 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 you're you're pointing to something completely other and and that's that's fascinating for my mind to even want to wander into that space and be like oh my gosh this has nothing to do with with things that that we would put monetary value on mm-hmm. and it has to do with that unseen realm it has to do with the angelic it has to do with the great cloud it has to do with with it really even any of of the 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 giftings that are accompanied by glory that that we are storing up and and I love it that Jesus always like redirects and is saying like stop worrying about what you don't have stop worrying about the lack in your life seek first the Hmm. kingdom and all of these things will be added and it's like if you'll get your priorities right then you'll you'll get it all but if you continue to want for things that are less than then you miss out on the big picture pepper you know, <laughs> you know me, I'm a word girl, so I always like to look things up. And, <laughs> you know, on, on the dictionary online, it said that intangibles are things that have no physical presence and they can't be touched. And it went on to say that they're unable to be grasped. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree with most of that definition, but I don't agree because you opened up with faith. I don't agree with that. It's unable to be grasped. Now it's unable to be grasped by our carnal mind Mm -hmm. because we know the carnal mind can't perceive the things of God. You know, like uh, Jesus talked to Nicodemus about being born again. And like you said, our mind goes to treasures or something we can see. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm a grown man. I can't you know, go back in the birth canal and start this deal all over again. (laughs) And he's like, you know, but Jesus was talking, we know of a whole different kind of birth. And so uh, those intangibles, we have to, first of all, make that shift in our carnal mind, you know, because when I think of some of the things, the intangibles that cannot be touched, I think of storing up in heaven, that relational uh, currency. And, and we know that 
that's being stored up in heaven. And even with the people that we love who've already gone on, that currency's there. Yeah. You know, another great currency I think of is mercy because, you know, God says, however you meet it out, that's how you're going to get it back. So if you're stingy and you give out a little bit of mercy, when you need it, you're going to get a little bit back. So you might want to stir up a lot, store up a lot of mercy for people as one of those intangibles. You mm, know? That's really good. That's really good. And as you're talking, I'm thinking of even like the the history. We don't even know how to access mercy or grace without the history with God. And mm. we see David leaning into this all the time throughout his writings in the Psalms where he is like, be merciful on me, God. Like he, and he lays yes. it all out there, right? Like he's like, yeah. I'm no dummy. I know what I did. And he's like, yeah. but have mercy. And he reminds God over and over again of who he is. And, and I love the boldness in that to be able to point to, listen, you and I, we've got history and I've seen <laughs> yeah. what you have done. And, and so I think that even banking on and on our history or even um legend if you will <laughs> of Jesus the stories that that mm-hmm. we've heard and we love we all love the the stories the testimony of what Jesus has has stepped in and, and most of them most of the stories that I love so much I can't make sense of I I, I can't I cannot mm-hmm. I can't even um I can't even explain it I can't explain how did this happen? I have no idea. You know, it just, it just did. I can't explain the works of God. And mm-hmm. that, that falls into that intangible category because we want explanation. We want the how-tos. We want the 10-step program to miracles. And, and we don't have that because it takes faith. And we know that that's what Jesus said to people all the time that came to him is like, it's your faith that has healed you. You know, he he felt power at different times coming out of him. He said so with the, the woman with the issue of bleeding. And but he said, woman, it's your faith that that's made you whole. And uh, wow. And we can't even come up with a formula of faith. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> and, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like yeah. I want that. I want to be able to be like, OK, well, what is faith and how do I know that I've stepped into it? How do I know that I'm using it? And 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 how do I turn it on right now? You know, and and, and there is no there, there just is no formula for it. And, and our carnal mind wants it. It wants something that that is tangible that we can duplicate or replicate and um, for, for others. And it's simply by faith that that we can see the unseen. Vince, jump in. Yeah, if we are focused on Jesus and fixing our eyes on Jesus, we're going to be able to lay hold of faith. It's when we start to look look away from him and look, you know, like we've talked about before, left, right, you know, somewhere other than him as the, the focus uh, and source of, of everything that we need. And, and the, in this scripture in Matthew 6, it, it goes on to say, for your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Ooh, say it again. Your heart for your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. And, and this issue of faith, if, if our focus and and what we value is Jesus, then that's going to start to just happen. And 
if you need a formula, there it is. I mean, it's a one-step formula. <laughs> Just run after Jesus and continue to go. And and what I loved about what you mentioned earlier about worry and things like that, that's the very next section in Matthew 6. It's mm-hmm. don't worry. Yeah. And 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 we don't have need to worry because uh, all the needs that we we have that are, are physical will be met uh, when you know we're, we're focused on Jesus. It, it's He's taking care of those things, so we don't have to worry. And, and but the intangibles here, and, and being able to understand and lay hold and and start to move in these things and and figure out if they do become tangible or if they stay intangible for some other purpose. I don't know, but getting, getting our eyes fixed on Jesus and, and pursuing him because he is our greatest value. Then, then your, your faith is going to be built up. You're going to start to see it in action because you're not going to be worried about uh, what is somebody going to think when I, I say this, or what is somebody going to think when I do that? I mean, I, I can't imagine John the Baptist and his mindset going into his ministry. How long did it take him to be able to step out into the wilderness like he did and begin to minister in the way that he did? I've, I've always wondered about that. What, what did it, did it take some mindset shift for him to be able to step out boldly in faith like that? Yeah. And he broke the silence. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I can only imagine, uh, you know, he, he knows in, in his spirit that, that Jesus is coming, that the Messiah is coming, but it was still intangible at that point. Mm-hmm. When, when he stepped out into the wilderness, he didn't have somebody to point to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And, and I, I think that, you know, you talked about the scripture that follows. Uh, it's about worry. And, and in there, you know, he, he points to the tangibles. And I love that mm-hmm. he's so kind that he's willing to do that, that he leads us into that unseen realm by pointing to the tangibles, the things that are familiar to us. He's like, okay, look at this. Now I want you to press in here. And so he's he's faithful to lead us on. Honestly, he's leading us on into that space of the unseen to, to access faith. It's not like he's left us to ourselves, you know, even even in the the story of, um, you know, the, the disciples out on the sea and it's a stormy night and, and Jesus comes walking on the water and Peter's like, hey, call me to you. And I'll be able to to do what you're doing, and mm-hmm. and he does. You know, he, he he accesses the same faith that Jesus had to walk on the water to be able to do it himself. Now, did he go under eventually? Yes, because you know <laughs> doubt settled in. Mm-hmm. But um, but even in that, you know, Jesus was like, okay, come on, come on out. You know, and so I think that that so often he's he's definitely spoon feeding our faith as we go. And because, I, you know, I'll be the first to admit I get into spaces of like just feeling insecure in God. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. 
I, I, I want to pursue all of the things, but I feel unsure. I feel unsteady. This ground feels shaky. And, and what if God, right? And I think this is what gets us into so much trouble is all of our what if thinking, what if it doesn't work? And we've talked about, you know, there's good what ifs and then there's bad what ifs. <laughs> and, um, but what if it does? You know, and and uh, the other thing that, that I know that we have talked about at length is is serving the outcomes, and faith disallows that. It, it won't allow us to think beyond into that. Well, what if it doesn't? What if I what if I put everything into this and and I start contending for healing? And what if it doesn't work out? But what if we changed our thinking, and we're like what if it shifts things anyway? You know, it, even if we don't see the manifested miracle that we're hunting down, what if things get shifted anyway? What if our faith grows in this process? I, I only have a bunch of what ifs because clearly I'm not flowing in miracles, <laughs> but I want to, you know, like I, I want to see healings and not for the sake of, of bolstering my own agenda. That's not what I'm after. It's mm. I just want to see God move. I want to see, you know, that I, I want to see the reward given to Christ for all that he has mm. done. And that mm. includes the miracles. It includes the mm. healing and includes us being delighted in the supernatural. Someone jump in. Uh, I, I like that you said spoon feeding us our, our faith. As as one's born again, we must have been born with the the silver spoon in our mouth. Yeah, and I think that's the 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 lens about all of this that we need to take is is that's our starting place. Our, our starting place is victory. Our starting place is is full access and abundance to everything in the kingdom. We lack for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pepper, jump in. Well, Vance, you really, you spurred my thinking when you read that scripture about how your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure, you know, and then I was like, that's it. That's what it's about. It's a value system. And we know that the world, it's countercultural, the world's value system, because even as Christians, you know, we have to push that away, that that we're taught that the value is in what you can see, touch, touch, taste, feel. And so it, it, it just got me thinking to how it really is a value system, but because the scripture says the things that we can't see have more value that Mm -hmm. the, that those are the eternal things, but the Royal things, the temporal things are the things that hold lasting value, those things you can't store up in heaven. And so it really is, it's about our values. Where do we, where's our heart? You know, and I think beginning there is a good place to begin to shift our minds into faith. You know, what Mm -hmm. is our value system? Are we following the value system of the world? You know, the American dream, you know, I have the picket fence, the two cars, uh, you know, one and a half kids, whatever it is, you know, it's our, it's our value system that has to shift when you're in an eternal kingdom and you're living on kingdom economy. Yeah. And you have to seek those things first. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think that that's, that's it, Pepper. It's a kingdom economy and it's not going to look 
like what's familiar to us or what's even mm-hmm. comfortable to us. Mm-hmm. Are we willing to, to risk it all? to be able to steward a kingdom economy. I I think mostly we would have to be honest and answer no, because we don't want to give up those, those comforts that we know so well. If, if he wants to strip everything away just to make much of his kingdom, are we willing vessels? And I think mostly no. I, I think that, you know, the theme of the year has been dying to self for good reason, because he's trying to get to the heart of, you know, what is it that we have put value on? What is our treasure? What is it that we're wanting to store up? And and I think mostly we're unwilling to give up the things that that make us appear okay. You know, we've, we've insulated ourselves so much with um, with the, the things that that are are worldly. If we're honest, they're worldly. You know, we we have the home, we have the cars, we have the two kids and a dog, some of us more than that. And, <laughs> and, and we appear to have it all together. But I guarantee you, the moment that things start to be stripped away, people start to judge you. Oh, you yeah. don't have it all together. Definitely. You're, you're not really serving God. You're, you're out of God's will. Clearly, look, your life is falling apart. It's in shambles, you know? And, and so, but the, the kingdom puts value in other places. The kingdom mm-hmm. is after the heart, mm-hmm. not stored up mm-hmm. earthly treasure. Yeah. And, and that includes everything. That mm-hmm. includes our heat. That includes our yard. Mm-hmm. That includes mm-hmm. our the gas running into our homes. Mm-hmm. That that includes running water. You know, it's it's all of these things that we're so unwilling mm-hmm. to give up. And that includes our reputation. Oh, jeez. In our mind, if we have, if everybody likes us and we have friends and we, and we all need that, you know, and um, I take nothing away from that, but really in this upside down kingdom, that's countercultural to the world. The Bible warns us, uh, beware when everybody is speaking well of you, something's wrong. If everybody (laughs) likes you, (laughs) you know, but. You know, even as Christians, we think, well, what's wrong? They don't like it. Or they, why are they, you know, why are they trashing my reputation? But in the kingdom economy, in the kingdom culture, if someone's speaking ill of you for the sake of Jesus Christ, that should be a badge of honor. But we don't really treat it that way. Most of the time, we feel sorry for ourselves. You yeah. Know? yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> reputation is huge. I mean, mm-hmm. our, it's, it's our ego. Our, our ego needs to die, you know, it, it's, it's after, it's after the wrong kind of value. And, and I, I, I want us to get to a place where we are truly laid down lovers and all we care about is what he cares about. Vince. Yeah. That's stripping away of everything that you're talking about, reputation, possessions, whatever, and then people pointing and judging, they're, they're doing so thinking that that stripping away is the outcome mm-hmm. when it's not the outcome. It's part of the process. It's part of that journey. It's, it's something that God is using. Yeah. The outcome is, is beyond that because what people are not seeing is what your response is to that stripping away. Yeah. And, and, and we talk about, we, we've had conversations about reacting versus responding and reaction is, is frantic and not intentional and often misguided. And, and we have to uh, look at what's going on and actually respond. And 
that's what a lot of people don't want to look at. They want to say, like you talked about, Angie, oh, you're not in God's will. You're doing something wrong. That's why all these things are being taken away from you. When in reality, that's not the outcome. Yeah. My, my outcome is not uh, being stripped of life. Uh, that's not Jesus didn't come to strip me of life. He gave, came to give, give me life abundantly. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the outcome I'm looking at. If it's not that, then it's not finished yet. So, uh, it, it has to, it, it can't look like anything other when it relates to the kingdom. And I don't have scripture to point to, to say that other than that John 10, 10, where Jesus said, I came to give you life and, and give it to you more abundantly or full tilt or whatever the translation is that, that you have. It yeah. says, so I, I can't look at, at outcomes like that and say, um, no, this is my, this is my outcome right here. No, my outcome is still somewhat intangible because it hasn't happened yet. It's still coming. My, my faith is being built up through this process of dying or, or uh, having something pulled away from me that is not for my good. If, if God is doing all things uh, for my good, then something being pulled away from me that, that he is pulling away from me is obviously for my good. And, yeah. and so uh, seeing that in, in people's lives actually kind of like should be exciting for us. Like, oh, God's pulling that away from you? Not the enemy, because if so, you're going to be you're going to be owed a, a big fat return uh, on that. Um, but if it is, we should get excited for for one another. Like, yeah. oh, OK. Yes. Bigger coming. Yeah. There, there's there is more for you on the backside of this because we know that there is promise. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And, and I, I want that's what I want. I, I want us to be able to identify where the kingdom has been seated in someone's life and to begin to, to celebrate that instead of like sit in the woe with the person, be like, hold on a second. Like I, this is, this is the kingdom moving in and making room for much. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can tell you full well that it, it, oh, the last few years of my life have been nothing short of, I thought for sure God was preparing me for third world life and I was going to live in a hut the rest of my life. <laughs> Things became very dismal very quickly. And yeah. and I, I, I'm just left with the pieces of like how I don't know what to do with this. And I felt condemnation in that, of course, right? Because that's what the enemy wants me to feel is mm-hmm. like, I, I am a complete failure and I can't even do this well kind of thing. And, um, and, and but, you know, on the backside of that, seeing that God was working, he was making space for kingdom life where there wasn't space. I mean, we've got things so, we are hoarders. We are spiritual hoarders <laughs> and we we have surrounded ourselves to the point of insulation we are so insulated by worldly value that there's no space for the kingdom to get in i needed to be stripped bare of the things that that were that i saw as high value you know and of course you know as americans we live under this false guise of something called the American dream, which means to us, this the semblance of perfection of what it means to be an American, you know? And, and here's the thing is to be American based on that, it means to, to not be kingdom people. 
And, and that's just, that's just the truth of the matter is like, there, there's no faith involved in having to, you know, put, put your own hand to the plow to make things happen. And, and, and to, to build this, we've, we've pointed to Haggai over and over and over again. And that is what God is saying about the American dream. You have spent Mm -hmm. your years building your own house and it still sits in ruins. How about you try coming up here and getting some material that might actually last? That's Angie's translation. (laughs) (laughs) i like your translation that's good i love how you nailed it vince in two words i mean that just flooded my mind in two words you said process and outcome and it's like yeah that's what we do we start prejudging ourselves our own situations and other people's situations in the middle of the process you know, and this scripture um, and Luke, it, 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 to me, it defines that process and the outcome and, and, and sometimes what, what it may look like. It may not look the same for all of us, but we know, Angie, like you said, there's some stripping. <laughs> you know, you're not going to be in the kingdom and not have to die and be stripped. But this is Luke 18, 29 and 30. And it says, um, Jesus responded, what appears humanly impossible is more than possible with God, for God can do what man cannot, cannot. And Peter said, Master, see how we have left all that we have, our houses and our careers to follow you. And Jesus replied, listen to my words. Anyone who leaves his home behind and chooses God's kingdom over wife, children, parents, and family it will come back to him. See that the process doesn't look good, but the outcome, he says, it will come back to him many more times in this lifetime. And in the age to come, those tangible intangibles we're talking about, he will inherit even more than that. He will inherit eternal life. So again, he touches on those tangibles that he knows that we need. And he said, it's a process. It's coming back to you. But it's unto something even greater, the intangibles, those things that are going to be stored up and inherited. And what is greater than eternity? You know, so I love how you nailed that, Vince. Process, outcome. Mm-hmm. And don't get caught up in prejudging in the middle of the process. Wait for the outcome. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, the thing is, in, in all honesty, we don't get to choose how it's stripped away. Mm-hmm. And so right. it is easy for there to be a knee-jerk, judgmental reaction to what mm-hmm. it is that God is doing. Mm-hmm. There just is. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I love it that, you know, in scripture, Paul says, I don't even judge myself. And you can hear in that, that line of scripture of, I mean, if you're sitting with Holy spirit, if you're reading scripture with Holy spirit, you can hear all kinds of things, but it's like, he refused to make judgment based on his carnal knowledge, right. On, On the worldly wisdom, because if he did, he would not have been the man that he was, you know, the gospel would not have been as potent as it was. If he had sat around judging his own intentions or judging the things that were going on in his own life, he could have very easily given up after that first beating. Hmm. He's being stripped, right? This is Paul being stripped of of earthly value. If he sat around judging it, he wouldn't have moved on. And we need to follow suit. We need to stop looking at what is this going to look like? Easier said than done. I'll be the first to admit that. Mm -hmm. 
But if we're going to get caught up in, in judging, oh my gosh, but what will everybody think? We will become paralyzed and the kingdom will not be able to be dispensed through us. We mm-hmm. have to learn to, to live freely and allow him to strip us however he wants to. And, you know, I, I've told my story for us that looked like losing our house. Is that what I wanted it to look like? Absolutely not. That was a nightmare. But it was his pure intention. And we that's something that, that God had said a, a couple of months ago, maybe less than, is that he's wanting to pull his pure intention out of people through this apostolic movement. And, and I watched as, as he's laying this out for me, I watched how the, the old self, the false self just crumbled and fell behind after he pulled the pure intention out of people. And, and are we going to let him do that no matter what it looks like? There's a cost. There's a cost involved. And, and it's probably going to be the thing that we most fear. That's probably what he's going to touch is the thing that we're holding most tightly to. Is that comfortable? Not at all. But it is his intention. He's getting at something. He's redeeming something for his glory. Yeah. It's pulling you into real value. Yeah. Lasting value. Lasting, yes. Yeah. I, I love looking at the, the the titles in here because right after the don't worry section in chapter seven, it's titled don't judge. And <laughs> just kind of seems to be flowing this morning, but yeah, you mentioned about reading scripture with Holy Spirit. And, and I think it is absolutely imperative that we, we do so in that manner because when you do, you're going to be able to catch a lot more of the humanity and the emotion behind what was being written. A lot of these letters that, that Paul wrote were in response to things that were happening. And, and if you simply read it the way that our, our Western society would have you read it today, it's it's just all cerebral. Like, you know, I just need to get this down here without connection to here yeah. and to be able to actually feel what is going on. Uh, you mentioned yesterday in a conversation we were having Angie about, we were given emotions for a reason mm-hmm. and, and they obviously are to, to rule our lives, but they are absolute inputs to, uh, uh, of the experience we ha- we share with the father. Mm-hmm. He has emotion and he's given us those same emotions. And, and so reading this without Holy Spirit, you're going to miss a lot of, of the humanity and, and a lot of the emotion and to be able to catch um, more of what is going on. This is kind of that intangible thing where um, we have to allow Holy Spirit to, to fill in that area for us as we read because yeah. we weren't there. Yeah. We don't have, we don't have the cell phone footage, you know, from, from Paul's experience in prison, right? Uh, writing letters. <laughs> we, we just, we don't have it, you know, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no footage of it. And mm-hmm. so we have to allow that, that intangible space to be filled in with Holy Spirit. And yes. so we always are, are, are saying, you know, get into that intimacy with Holy Spirit and, and see what he has to say to you about whatever the topic is. Uh, but 
it's always the same thing. It's always go run to him and, and, and break things open with him. And so I, I just think that's a very important point that you pulled out that we need to really kind of grab hold of. And, mm-hmm. and this, this uh, topic is no different. Uh, we need to be able to run the Holy Spirit and, and say, I, I don't know. I don't know what the treasures are stored up in heaven. I don't know what I'm doing to store them up. Um, can we chat about that for a while? Can you start to break some of that open for me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jesus said, blessed are you who have believed and have not seen. And, and I, I think that the whole of our relationship, this, this intimacy with Christ is built on the intangibles, on the unseen. Do I feel him in those moments? Yes. Yes, but that's after years of, of him training me to learn to lean in and, and trust him and, and to, to be able to allow myself to believe that, that he is surrounding me at, at all times. So I, I think you know, we know full well that the, the fullness of this relationship with Christ, with the Father, is built on the unseen realm. It's built on faith. And, and it's ours to access. It's ours to to pull from. And and I I have a, I have a feeling that we're missing out on a lot because we're unwilling to to pull more from that realm. And uh, we've got a, a prayer request request sitting here now to please pray for my church site and my, and my children's food. And and so right now, what, what I I just want to release to you wisdom to go up. Zion and grab the goods that you need to build your church well for a a lasting kingdom movement over your children. And, And we just speak multiplication over your resources that you would have more than enough. Father, I just thank you for a man who is willing to believe, a man who is filled with faith, a man who knows how to pull from the unseen realm. And so we bless you in Jesus name and, and are looking for the good report. We are, we're waiting on the good report. So make sure you come back and tell us what it is that God has done on your behalf. And we'll keep contending for your church and and your children's food that you would have more than enough. Mm -hmm. We hold expectation. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Guys, thank you for joining us. This has been a fun conversation. I think we could probably go on and on and on. Uh, we, we didn't even get to telling, you know, stories of our own experiences with the intangibles. But I'm not sure we have enough time for all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have a blessed rest of your Wednesday and we will talk soon.